Welcome to the second season of Alternative Parenting Podcast, where we learn how to guide our kids to find their own path while supporting them in cultivating traits that will empower them to live a life of fulfillment, meaning, and satisfaction. I'm your host, Efrat Amira. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I have a very special episode for you. I'm going to talk with Melissa O'Neill, who is a mom of three kids and a podcast host of What's Your Story, a podcast series exploring the everyday extraordinary. We talk about trusting our kids with their education and how that transforms the whole family life. Um, We also talk a little bit about world schooling, and about letting go of fears around education. It's a very interesting episode, and I hope you enjoyed. So now on to the episode. Okay, good morning. Welcome, everybody. I'm so happy to have Melissa O'Neill here today with us. Uh, Melissa is a mom. She's an Irish woman, and she currently lives in Belfast. She traveled a lot with her kids, kind of what we call world schooling, and I want to hear all about us, uh, all about that today. So, welcome, Melissa. Can you tell us a little bit about your journeys with your kids, their learning, your learning experiences, and whatever you want to share with us? Sure, lovely to be here, Efrat. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, so wow, where do I start? My journey of schooling has looked varied. I would say that as uh, to start with, um, I have three children and my two youngest um, kind of individually came to a point in their life where they we find ourselves having to question the schooling system. Um, with my son, he was 12 at the time, so he would have been in his first year at high school. And we just recently moved to Belfast. Um, And that was, what, seven years ago now? And he had been in the school for a little bit, I would say about eight, nine months. So he did a little bit and had said to me one day, Mom, I don't want to do this anymore. And I thought, what do you mean you don't want to do this anymore? And he said, it's it's the school. I'm tired of it. I I don't want to be stuck in a room all day and you know teachers like you know he was trying to explain to me that he didn't really appreciate when teachers would shout at kids and not he felt that they were being undervalued um and you know as a kid of 12 of course you know, I look back and I think, wow, that he was pretty wise as a, as a young, young boy. Um, and I'd said, well, you know, we had a conversation and I told him I at that time, I didn't feel like I was 
qualified enough um, to to homeschool at that point. That's the only thing that I knew of. The, the alternative would have been homeschooling. So I was stepping completely into the unknown. I didn't know what was going to happen next. I didn't know what was around the corner. And at that moment, when we had that conversation, a lot of fear um, had risen up in me. And I, yeah, to me, it was like, well, I I just can't do this. And we had a conversation, quite a few conversations. And at that point, I decided that that I, I wasn't in the place to be able to homeschool. I was working, um, I was self-employed, but at the same time, I would have been out during the day quite a bit. So I felt like it just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right place. Um, and, you know, um, we had a chat with his school, a few of his teachers, and they understood that Oscar was having these feelings. And so that was it for a bit um, until about six months later, he asked me the same question and I had to really take him in at this point because being asked the second time was for me something that he was meaning a lot to him. And of course, between times, I was very much aware that I needed to be more conscious of where his mind was going and maybe the thoughts that he was having and and so just being aware of that myself as a parent I feel was valuable um to support him in ways you know um to talk more about school to talk more that talk more about the fact that it's not forever and it's only for it's only going to be a short period of your life and you know all of these things but at that point, then six months later, he'd asked me again, and it was actually just after Christmas. So it would have been the start of a new year. Um, and and I just I remember just sitting down with him and realizing, OK, this is this is something. This is something right here that I need to sit up and listen to and and to really hear what he was telling me and what he was saying and what he wanted so I yeah that was it I mean I knew then for for at least some time I I knew that he wasn't going to be going back into school anytime soon had a conversation with his uh, teacher um, head teacher head of year and they were very shocked and saddened that Oscar had decided that he no longer wanted to be in school and you know had attempted to have conversations with him which he didn't he didn't really want to do uh, but had lots of conversations with me and um suppose I was relaying Oscar's thoughts and Oscar's feelings to them um but they were very supportive I have to say which I was very delighted about you know very supportive you know would would have said had said if he needs some time maybe if he needs you know quite a few weeks maybe a month we are happy with that we would would love Oscar to come back into school whenever he feels ready so that was great to have their support um and then I started really seeing that you know 
I started really paying more attention to Oscar's likes and dislikes around education. I started to ask him more about the subjects he was into, what he really loved, um, what he wanted to learn more about, so that I, as a parent, could make the changes for him um, regarding helping him with schooling. So I still, to this day, don't see myself as a homeschooler. Um, Oscar very much took the lead in his education. He was able to, um, you know, like we got particular books, you know, uh, we followed a particular curriculum and, but he very much self-educated himself and with a little help from myself and also what we had within the Belfast area here in, in Northern Ireland um, was a, a really amazing homeschooling community um, that we got involved in. So I started to reach out basically and ask friends, did they know of any homeschooling um, communities within this area because I had no idea I was literally starting from scratch I had no friends who homeschooled um I was you know being questioned of course by family and friends as to was I sure I was knowing what I was doing but I knew deep down and I trusted I trusted Oscar and I trusted myself and I just needed to keep going so I began to find um people who had heard of other people who had been homeschooling or had did the educational system a very different way. And so I was reaching out and asking questions, getting as much information as I possibly could, um, asking what was out there? Is there anything out there? And of course, then I learned that there was a homeschooling community. Um, and Oscar was very happy to go along and and um, see what it was about and, and we had a quick I think I had a quick conversation with one of the mums and they just invited us to come along to one of the sessions they would have sessions basically all over Belfast there might be um, a science session um, at um, what we call um, W5 here it's um, it would be um, a building um, a, a space where children can come along and learn things like science English mathematics in a fun learning environment so really it's only used for like a day out maybe kids would come for a day out with their class or their um, their, their their own moms their parents their grandparents so he would go there and do some science they would have science classes he would go to the local library and have uh, some, they would have a game day there. He would, uh, one of the moms used to run a drama club. So she would have drama for the kids. Um, and this is what it looked like. Um, so it wasn't, it was literally drop-in, drop-in sessions whenever we could make it. And so we were involved in that each week um, for quite a while um until well when I think back there was quite some time in between COVID 
So there was a space of time where I think it came to an end and then it restarted and then it definitely came to an end when 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 uh, COVID was upon us. Um, so yeah, that's the journey with with my son. I have and a question then, to ask you. Yeah, of course. So I was just curious while you were talking, um, <clears throat> what kind of made you change your mind or made you look at it in a different way after six months? Like what changed inside of you that made you be able to open up to this idea? Well, at first I knew that this was something Oscar really wanted to do. So I really began to question myself. I really began to look at what I was feeling and why was I feeling like I couldn't possibly do this? What was my fear? Um, so I was very much into personal development. Personal development was my line of work. It was what I was involved in for 15 years. Um, I was a mentor and um, among many other um, things. But I really, I reached out for support. I reached out for support um, to, um, to people who were in my world who could allow me to express what I was feeling and get a really, really good feedback, really good constructive criticism, really good idea of where I was at personally and what I was feeling and what I needed to embrace and so really it was a change within me that gave me more space to realize wow there's something going on here and I really need to sit up and and uh, and listen to my son and take in what he's saying um so it was almost like I was preparing myself after that first question at that first time he asked me it was like I it was like I knew, you know, that there would come a point when this would happen, that homeschooling would happen, that the decision to to bring him out of the our our education system would happen. So I was, in essence, preparing myself for that. Um, yeah. I think that's incredible that you were able to. <clears throat> Sorry. I think it's it's incredible that you were able to just open yourself up to that idea and take it as um as an opportunity for self-growth, right? As an opportunity to look at our look at our belief system and see whether this is the right thing for our family, this is our the right thing for our kids. And I think you know, it's it's just amazing to see how every time, and I see it in my life, of course, too, every time our kids come and challenge something different. And if we are able to open up to those ideas, we're able to do really huge changes in the way that we live in, you know, giving them opportunities to live in the way that they are. Because, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the kids they didn't go well not completely but they 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 didn't go through the whole socialization process that we did you know all the schooling programming that we had that told us you know that they taught us that this is the way to learn this is this is where you have to be as a child um you have to go through grade 1 2 3 4 and so on and then you graduate so it's like they don't have that programming and they have that that clean slate 
where they can just challenge the um, the way that we live from a place that is so authentic and so pure and so intuitive. So it's amazing when we are able to kind of just pause for a second and um, and look at our life and look at the way that our children are educated and just question it. Even just to question it, that's a huge step forward into making the change. Yeah. And so I'm wondering um, if you can share a little bit about how this affected all the, the other kids or your family and how, you know, it changed your life in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so also um, my daughter uh, was at this time, we we were questioning her schooling system. I myself was questioning her schooling system. Um, and I ended up actually, I didn't feel, she was in a, a primary school here, um, which is so we would call uh, from age five to 11, it's primary education, we would call it here in Northern Ireland. And then from um, 11 till uh, 16, sometimes 18, depending on how long they're gonna stay in school, it would be high school and then college. So she was in primary school and I was really seeing changes within her in a way that felt different to me. It was like, it was almost like she was seeing a growth in her brother that we all hadn't seen before. Because of course, as soon as he came out of the, the school, I could really see his confidence grow he began to question things a lot more. Um, he had more insight, ideas. And I feel she could really see that and witness that. And that was a gift for her. And so there came a point when um, I learned about um, a private school here. And um, it was a Steiner school, um, Steiner, they follow the Steiner, Rudolf Steiner educational system. And I felt, wow, I, I, I didn't know about it until I did a little bit of research. And I felt like it would be amazing for her to attend. I thought um, she was very creative. She is very creative. Um, she's very open minded. And I felt like the schooling system for her was definitely too restrictive, way, way, way too restrictive for her little, her little spirit was just like so big. And I felt like this change for her would be a really good step in her own learning. And um, so I made that decision to take her out of um the then the, as what would we see here as the norm the normal educational system so I took her out of the norm and I um enrolled her in a the private school Steiner school and I mean it was wonderful it was really wonderful and she met you know some really incredible friends and we all began to to see schooling done in a very different way. I mean, and I would have wished that she would have been there a lot sooner because um, 
you know, in our educational system, they're teaching the kids to read and write at the age of five. And in Steiner, they wouldn't even think about doing that until maybe around seven. It's all based on play up until the age of about seven. So, but there also came a point um, when we decided to fulfill one of our lifelong dreams, which was to travel the world. And it came about that what I was doing within my own work as a mentor was allowing me to work from Zoom. It was allowing me to work with people internationally um, via online. This, you know, this amazing, what really took off, I think, over COVID, um, Zoom became the norm. So I began to work a little bit on Zoom and then a little bit more. And I was then completely, all my work was done online. And I realized that I could be anywhere in the world and still be able to provide myself and my children with a lifestyle with it because I had an income coming in. I didn't have to be in a particular place um, to do so. So I felt a lot of freedom in that. And it was, it's been my dream, you know, to, to, to travel. And the idea that I could possibly do that with my children was so exciting. It was, it was just another dimension of excitement that I began to feel. And I could, because Oscar was um, in the, the homeschooling network and he was doing his own thing, you know, really directing himself. And um, Liliana was in the, in the private school, but I could see even that wasn't expansive enough for her. Even that wasn't enough for her little spirit. And it was starting to affect her. I could see it mentally, um, uh, mentally starting to affect her. So I thought, I'm going to bite the bullet here. And I'm just going to do this. And long story short, we were living in a a four bedroom, uh, three story home. And I either sold our things or took them to the charity shop or did some uh, market stalls just to offload because I knew we were going to be moving. I knew if we were going to travel I couldn't keep that property. I had to be in a smaller area and a smaller space. Um, and so my eldest son, I have three children. So my eldest uh, was maybe 20, maybe 19 at this stage. And he was really happy here. He had no interest in traveling. And you can understand as a 19 year old, you, you know, you don't really want to be traveling very much with your parents, maybe, and your younger siblings. And so it was a definite no for him. So we needed somewhere as a base and we needed somewhere for him to be. So we ended up uh, moving to uh, an apartment in the other side of town. Um, and it was almost like the universe presented us with this beautiful gift of having everything taken care of one step at a time, the schooling system, the home, um, lightening the load of our our, uh, possessions. Um, And it came to a point where we could leave. So we actually went to, 
we went to the Republic of Ireland for a couple of weeks and just we actually house we house um we house sat um and you know it was just a lovely break away it was just a lovely break away from all the busyness because it had been so hectic going from you know a different space a new place new home new environment new area and we thought right let's just let's just go away for two weeks and um so we did and it was a beautiful refreshing time just to think and get my head cleared um and the kids had a lovely time they had a beautiful beautiful space down there they looked after they had quite a few animals and we 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 um we were looking after the animals as well as their home so that was the beginning of a little bit of difference a little bit of doing something a little bit different again in our lives um we came back from there and very shortly after that actually we ended up going to france um we went to paris for a month and I mean, I was able to work from home. I was able to work wherever I was. As long as I had my laptop, I could earn an income. And the kids were learning a new language. They began to learn French. And not only that, you know, we were staying with a wonderful family. Um, and so we got to really, you know, when you think when you go away on holiday, and you're maybe in a resort or an Airbnb, and you don't really get to be with the community, the people. So this was a really beautiful opportunity for us, I felt, to really learn about different cultures mm-hmm. and different spaces, you know. So, and I didn't even, you know, at that time, I didn't even think of what we were actually doing was world schooling because mm-hmm. my kids were learning a different language. I was learning a different language, you know, so I was learning so much as well as, as, as well as them. We were a part of a community. We were learning all about, you know, food in a different way, language in a different way, how people were, um, how they lived. And um, it was a truly wonderful experience. And I mean, the magic of that led us then to go to Sweden um, and then Italy. And so at each time, you know, my children had the opportunity to learn another language and be with another community and just see how the world operates outside of what we consider the norm. And I mean, we had an amazing, amazing time and we've got so many memories and so many friends still that I mean what a gift I just see it as such a gift such a wonderful opportunity to travel the world and to tick the boxes you know the boxes that I've always wanted to tick um and yeah so what a journey until COVID struck and um and we were brought back to Belfast I I have to ask you a few questions about this (laughs) so you know I'm sure that some of the people that are listening to us right now are wondering what did the kids do with la, like the formal academic learning at the time that you were abroad that that you, d- you didn't have you know your um 
maybe uh, homeschooling classes or the Steiner school, like you didn't have any of that. So how did the formal academic uh, schooling happen at that time when you were abroad? Yeah, I mean, it literally happened wherever we were. <laughs> um, it, it looked very different, I have to say. I mean, for example, um, we, we, you know, um, home economics was done in the kitchen of wherever we were. Um, the cooking, you know, that we were reading the cookery books, you know, um, what was the locals eating? Um, what were they cooking? Um, and then that was that was their that was their home economics lesson. Um, their language, of course, just it just happened. It happened playing with the other kids. It happened interacting with the other kids. It happened in conversation with the other kids. Um, and I mean, I remember in Italy, uh, the mom, um, a wonderful woman, um, she she was also benefiting, of course, from us being there because she always wanted to learn more English. And so we were we were sharing the the the, the learning. Um, she was picking up the English from us and, and we were learning the Italian from her Um so it was very much okay where what is our plan for today what does today look like and each day was very different because we were with a family because we were in a different place in the world within a different community different culture we surrendered to what their day looked like and how we were going to interact how we were going to be a part of that day with them and each day really was very different. I mean, some in some instances, some stages, we had a week in advance planned, um, others we didn't. But the schooling system, I, I, and what I feel like the, the academia that you just asked me about, it kind of, it was like we needed to set it aside and we needed to, to leave it, put it down for a little bit. Um, because to us, to me, it wasn't, it wasn't, the be all and end all to me at that moment it seemed like you know whatever is important will will occur whatever is important for us in this moment I can trust that um you know the kids will take the kids are taken care of um what we were doing what we were how we were impacting the family you know that was important for us and for me the academia that 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 was okay to leave aside for a bit that didn't um yeah to me it wasn't that important at that moment um and so for me I knew my kids were okay my kids were okay um they were happy I could see their smiling faces every day I knew they were taking in so much of the world and their surroundings that it didn't matter to me like academia was like at one point at the very bottom of the list um it wasn't a worry a concern whatsoever because I knew whenever the time came that we would come back to Belfast they would pick it back up again and they would get back into it again and it would be okay so a lot of that time it was about let, letting the worry go you know letting the fear of you know what if what am I doing there was many times where I was doubting myself. Like I've been a solo parent for uh, 13 years now. 
And like as a parent in general, we all have our doubts. And I, you know, there was a time when I was being questioned heavily by friends and family. And I really just needed to put my feet on the ground and remind myself what my children were telling me. I needed to, you know, close out the other voices that were attempting to have an impact on my decision making and completely and utterly trust myself and my kids. And and that's that that really is what's seen me through a lot of self-doubt, a lot of thinking. I mean, there have been moments when I'd have woken up thinking, what am I doing? I'm destroying my kids' lives. I'm, you know, removing them out of the the education system. I'm taking them away from their friends, you know. And and, and I realized I had to remind myself over and over and over again. This was a, a constant reminder that I needed for myself that everything is being taken care of, that everything is okay. My children are safe. My children are well. I can see them smiling. And I know that what is in front of us is meant to be there. It's meant to be there. This is a gift. What a gift. And we get to experience this. Wow. You know, like that to me was everything. So, yeah. Wow. That's so amazing, you know, because what you're saying right now, I feel it's like we're constantly in fear and worry about what's going to be in the future you know how our kids will, are going to are going to be successful what they're going to learn you know how we're what what are we giving them what what tools we're giving them and it's so much fear driven that as i loved when you said you know you needed to put your feet on the ground for a second and just look at what's going on in the present right now, right now, your kids are happy right now. Your kids are learning. They may not be learning what they are quote unquote supposed to be learning, but they are learning so many other things that other kids are not learning when they are in school. And who says that what the kids in school are learning is more important than what your kids are learning right now. And I think that once you get out of the system and even more of that, once you get out of your country, you know, you even have that opportunity to look from much more farther away at everything, at the norms, at, you know, how you've been living up, up until now, how, how people are living and see that, People live differently in each place, in different places of the world. And it's not only, there isn't only one way to live. There are multiple and many other options. And I think that's just amazing to have that perspective, that shift in your perspective that, you know, going on, on going to travel or doing the world schooling gives you. And I was wondering what you think, what do you think is kind of like the best thing that your kids got out of 
traveling and just learning while traveling and while living in another in a different country yeah beautiful question um i think it was so expansive for them that that opened their minds to how schooling can be different how life can be different in general because you know, we'd only been to, you know, a few places ar- around the world on holiday as you would do. None of their friends was doing this. Yes, they, Oscar in particular, had, you know, be, become involved in the homeschooling community. So they, that was open more for him and that opened his mind more. But I think even traveling while schooling, being able to be in a different country and still learn so much. I think that really that really opened their minds a lot to how they wanted to foresee their own worlds and what maybe they wanted their own lives to look like. I mean, Oscar started to um he started to like he would buy and sell things. He started to become really um what's the word I'm like entrepreneurial. Yes, he really started to look at the the investment world, you know, how to invest, how to manage your money. Um, so he was learning things that he wouldn't normally have learned in the school and environment in his school. Um, because they don't normally teach you about money. They don't teach you about how to look after money and how to save and um invest and things like that. So he was really stepping into economics and he was looking at how the world operates you know how um why does incomes rise and fall he was becoming more interested in in money and um that that opened his mind so much to how he wanted to live because at, at 15 he was an entrepreneur um he was buying and selling and he was beginning to invest his money. And at that age, I think it's 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 really wonderful that that the ability to to step outside of the the framework of the school and really learn something completely different that you wouldn't normally be taught in the school and environment. So I think it opened their minds a lot. It made them more understanding it um of people and situations and um you know their own confidence i feel like it really expanded their confidence and because it felt like i mean as a mom i felt very much open minded about where they wanted to go, what they wanted to do, how they wanted to learn, the things they wanted to learn. It was very much self-driven. Um and I I could see that. I could see that they were learning so much and they were telling me what they wanted to learn more of or could I recommend a book? Did I know anyone that was doing this, that and the other? So I mean, the vastness that they gained in, in to me, it was it was a beautiful education, um, and it was the difference. It was the different type of education. So, um, 
yeah, confidence soared. Confidence completely soared. Um, and it was one of the big things I felt that that really stood the test of time, you know, because now my son is 19, my daughter is 14, almost 15. Um, Oscar is currently, my son is has just finished his A-levels. Um, so we did um, his GCSEs. So what you would do here in Northern Ireland is um, GCSEs in the school and environment. Or we can actually, we have an opportunity as well to do those GCSEs in a college. So he went to a college, so outside of the schooling system, and put himself through the GCSEs so he could do his A-levels, which is the next step up. So he's just finished first year and he's doing second year and he's applied to university. So that's where he's at right now. Um, and um. Yeah, Liliana is no longer in the school and environment um, and it's very much home-based learning, but very much self-led. She's very self-led in, in what she wants and, and I follow her lead very much more so. So, yeah. Was it hard for Oscar um, when he didn't have, I don't know, like maybe four or five or six years right out of the system? Was it hard for him then to move back to kind of the system, although it's not a school, but to, to college and do the formal exams? Was it the hard transition for him? He um, it would be really, suppose, um, you know, I'm talking on his behalf, but I feel like he he got into the college really well. He, you know, he met really beautiful friends there. Um, and he, it just became, yeah, it was almost like he, he stepped in and he just did it. You know, there was no apprehension around exams. And, and I have to say as well, like he only, he did, uh, four GCSEs, whereas normally if he was in the schooling system, he would have done nine, maybe more. And I think, I think that that's an awful lot for, for, for kids to, to, that's just my opinion, you know, it's nine GCSEs to study for and within a two-year period is is a lot. Um, so stepping into the four for him was, um, I feel he just did it. Like he really did. He just stepped in and he put the work in um, and he studied hard at home um, and he did it and he did really well, actually. Um and yeah, so I feel like the transition was was very smooth, was very smooth for and him. Th this, this is something that he wanted to do? Yes, very mm -hmm. much so. He really wanted to to get those GCSEs um, and, and to do his A-levels. Um, he's not a particular, he would tell me I'm not academic. Um, but I mean... He he's 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 applying to do software engineering at university. So in my eyes, you would you would likely need to be at a particular level of um to to be at a particular level of academia to 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 do that particular um to take that particular route in life. So um, but yeah, I'm really beautifully um 
just delighted of course any mom is delighted to see their kids happy and do well um so yeah for me it looking at the what he went through and the, the moments it was it was it felt like it was just so smooth and it felt like it was just the next step for him. That's amazing. I mean, I I hear that more and more and more because I'm very interested in how people who are not in that education system, how they go on and go to college or the university. And, and it's not that I'm saying that everyone has to go to college or university, but I'm just interested for those who do want to go afterwards if it's possible for them, if they didn't do the whole, you know, mm, the yeah. whole grades uh, one to 12 uh, in school. And yeah. it, I just, I'm just hearing more and more and more about these stories about kids who were not in school and had no problem to enter college, enter university, go to, you know, the, um, even the really, really top universities here in the US and, kind of just slipping into the into that position very smoothly and very easily and i think it has also a lot to do with the fact that they and when they enter the college and the university they have um they have an idea of what they want to do already so it's not like they finished school they didn't have a chance to think about what what it is that they want to do with their life and they're just entering into college because that's what everybody else is doing mm -hmm. and that's just the natural uh, next step but these kids there they had a chance to to figure out what it is that they want to do what they want to learn and so they get that self-drive from inside to go ahead and and do whatever it takes in order to get you to the place that you want to get to, whether it means that you have to work hard now in learning for exams or, you know, sitting in classes that maybe aren't that interesting or very, very challenging, you know, but it comes from, from a very, very different place of that self-drive and that self-motivation um, that basically gives them what they need in order to succeed, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I wholeheartedly agree. This is so amazing. I have one, I mean, one final thought that came into my mind that I think that maybe the audience is also interested in because a lot of people are very worried about what's going on uh, with the socialize. I, I don't want to say socialization because that's not, a, not the right term. I think like, what about like the aspect of having constant friendships like friendship of with kids that you see every day and you kind of grow up with and that happens a lot that happens more when you're inside like a school system where you have like a group of friends that are consistent um how does that aspect look when you're uh world schooling because you travel from one place to the other and what happens in the in the friendship aspect for it for the kids yeah lovely question it was very different in each country that we went to um and I would say I mean Oscar still and Liliana still have their friends from you know who they the friends who were in their lives when they were young in the school environment when they were in school are still friends today um 
because we also moved to Belfast, you know, from our hometown, which is about an hour, an hour's drive away. So even that small move was was huge because, of course, they were attending new schools here and they had a whole different um, uh, uh, friendship circle as well. Um, but when we, I remember the beauty of the friendships that Oscar picked up in Italy. Um, the the family that we stayed with had a son, um, just a year difference um, between him and Oscar. And I remember on the very first day we just landed and we got in to the home and the son was like, you know, do you want to come out? Do you want to come out, Oscar? You know, he had very, very little English, but, um, you know, right away he was in there wanting to um, support Oscar, you know, uh, and they were just very, you know, the family in general were very loving and so beautiful. Um and um, so Oscar, right away from the get go, from the moment we landed almost, was out. He was out mixing with new people and and he would go like each day if 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 um, the little boy in the family didn't invite Oscar, the boys would have turned up for Oscar um, to go play football or to just to go and hang out. And it was really beautiful to see that. It was really beautiful to see that develop. Um, and and yes, for Liliana, it looked very different because she didn't have a physical friend there. She didn't have anyone her age in that home um, that she could hang out with. And so really it was a it was different for her. Yes, it looked very different. Um, and she, you know, she'd be able to connect with her friend online um you know she'd taken a tablet so she'd be able to connect and and play games from time to time with her friends you know back home in, in northern ireland um it just looked very different and i think that what what the traveling done around this this idea of course as well of of friendships and circles and um what that looks like is it really um it created a lot of because my kids had to adapt you know to new situations you know quite often um so it really made them really adaptive to um to to these situations that they were becoming a part of it was like they were just you know stepping into this new reality and they really embraced it they really embraced knowing that okay, my friends aren't here right now in, in the physical form. Um, and that this looks, this is a completely different country. It's a completely different culture. And it was they very much just embraced it. And, and even just being asked that question has given me a beautiful moment to reflect on that time, around, especially around that, because friendships can be, can be huge in a, in a child's life. And I think with the ability to 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 have the flexibility that we had, to have the freedom that we had, um, they could feel that too. And they could feel that they could just reach out to a friend and have a conversation if they really wanted to. Um, and they had all their people in their world, you know, there in that moment. It wasn't just kids their age. They had other adults there that they could have conversations with and 
um, you know, go for coffee with and, you know, go for a tea and hot chocolate, whatever it was. Um, so it was just, yeah. I mean, it was, again, it's one of the, the, the moments that in, when we were moving through it, the doubts would arise. What am I doing? I'm, you know, taking my kids away from all their friends. I'm destroying their friendships, all those, all the self-doubt, um, was really put to sleep um, gladly by just seeing them thrive. They really thrived, you know, and um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was really beautiful. And I mean, just as well, you know, I was listening to um, someone talk recently and I made some notes here, so I will refer to the notes um, it was um it was very interesting. It might be of interest to your audience as well. It was a study done in the 1960s, um, commissioned by NASA because I don't know if maybe you've heard of this study that was done before. They wanted to find out how to hire more geniuses. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that one? I think I just read it also, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so basically they hired a team um, and they 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 went in to um, work with a group of five-year-olds at the beginning and they did a creativity test and um, it was about how do you use your creative imagination to solve problems and the, the results came back that uh, 98% of those five-year-olds um, were able to solve those problems and that qualified them as geniuses. Five years later, um, the same group of 10-year-olds, the results came back as 30%. So only 30% of, of the 10-year-olds would qualify as genius. Five years later, again, at age 15, the results were 12%. And so he, George Land was the the, the guy behind the study, and he took it further um, and found that only 2% of adults qualified as genius and that it attributes to being in the school, in a school environment, that uncreative behavior and thinking is learned. That was the results. And to me, that was very scary Um, and something to think about, really something to think about. And and what I would say to anyone thinking of either homeschooling, world schooling, unschooling, whatever it may be, to trust yourself. It's not going to be forever. You can always go back. You can always say, hey, we give this a go. We tried it. Didn't really work for us. We're going to go back into the schooling system. Or, hey, I've learned this along the way. Maybe I'll try this this way. Or maybe I'll do it this way. Maybe I'll, you know pull different information from different sources and move forward into whatever this is whatever this looks like because you know our children are our children and they're so precious and yeah yeah we only have them for a short period of time and then they're off being adults they're off doing their own thing yes yes and I think it's so um it's so incredible. Once you just start to walk this path, 
of questioning. You know, you start by questioning one thing and then you question another thing and you question another thing. And before you know it, your life looks so different from everybody else's. Um, and I think, you know, it's even that the process is, as, as you say, you know, you wake up in the morning and you have fear and you have doubt and that's okay. It's okay to have fear and doubt. The question is what you're going to do about it. Are you going to let that fear and doubt take over your decisions or you're going to sit with the fear and doubt for a second and breathe and and then orient yourself back to reality and to look at who your kids are and what opportunities you actually have right now in front of you and make decisions according to that, according to the present, according to what feels right, what feels good. And it's, it's, to change so many um, beliefs that we have, you know, I'm thinking about the relationship aspect that we talked about. You know, so many people think that kids' relationship look like kids being in a group, in a class, being with the same kids every day, all day, and have that kind of social circle. Well, when you think about it as adults, so we have friends from different times in our lives. You know, we have friends mm-hmm. from different places in the world. We just have friends because we connected to certain people and we wanted to stay in touch with those people. And it doesn't mean that we see them every day. It doesn't mean that they know everything about it. It doesn't mean that we talk to them on the phone every day. But when we meet them, there is this connection and it's just wonderful. And I think, you know, if if we're trying to even open up to that idea that kids can have those relationships as well, and it doesn't have to look in a certain way. Maybe for some kids, it works perfectly, right? Like to be in the same circle with the same friends all their life. Maybe for some kids, it works amazingly. But for other kids, the other option can work great. And there are so many other options in between that can that can happen. You know, it's not only one way. So it's kind of... It's once you start that doubt to doubt the first thing, you you figure out that there are so many other options. There are so many other alternatives out there that you can uh, just decide which path is the right one for you and for your kids. Yeah, and I'm yes. I'm so so grateful for this conversation, and I think that I've learned so much. I'm sure that our audience is gonna learn so much, and just. It's just so inspiring to hear these stories and to and to see that there are other options. And you know, if if somebody has a child that is struggling, and if some somebody has a child that doesn't fit into the regular school system, there are other op- options there. And it doesn't mean that you have to homeschool in a certain way. You have so many different options that you can choose from, and figure out what's right for you and your family. So really, thank you for that, Melissa. I I think it's uh, so important to put this story out there in the world. Mm, Thank you for having me. And yeah, it's been a beautiful conversation. Thank you. I loved that conversation. Here are the main key points. Giving our kids control over their education takes questioning ourselves, looking at our fears and trusting that we are capable of guiding them in their path. 
Questioning the education system is an opportunity for self-growth for the whole family. Our kids have a clearer understanding of what they need intuitively. If we can trust them and follow their lead while letting go of what we think they should be learning, we can help them step into the fullness of who they are. Living outside of the mainstream system allows for expansion and for living a life that isn't restricted to social expectations. World schooling and living and learning in a different country allows you to soak in different cultures and teaches you that there are many different ways to live. If we can let go of fear of what our kids need to learn, we open up to the richness of what they can learn from just surrendering to what the day brings. If we can look at the present and not worry about the future, we can see the joy and contentment in the day-to-day life. When kids have the freedom to follow their interests, they become self-driven and pursue their goals. Stepping outside of the mainstream education system also changes the way we think about relationships and what they should look like for kids. From a more conventional look of kids playing in groups with kids their own age, to kids creating relationships with different people at different stages, just like adults do. If you feel the call to change tracks for your kids' education, trust yourself, you can do it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and was inspired to make small shifts in your parenting that will support your kids to bring forth their full potential while living a life of ease and well-being. To support the show, please make sure to subscribe and rate the show. Leaving a comment can be very helpful in promoting the show on the podcast platform. If you think that this can benefit other parents, please share this podcast with them. I invite you also to follow my Instagram account, Alternative Parenting Coach, and join my private Facebook group, Alternative Parenting, where I would love to hear your thoughts about the episode, what you learned, what inspired you, or what you didn't agree with. Your feedback is extremely valuable to me, as we are all in this process together, living, learning, and evolving. Thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon. Music